0: Welcome to the Broken Arrow, a traditional bowhunting podcast brought to you by Addictive Archery with your hosts, Schaefer Magnet and Chris Seacole. All right. Good evening, Jim. How
1: you doing?
2: Great. How you guys doing tonight?
1: not too bad fantastic now that we got all that trash talk out about everybody no.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gotta love it
0: yeah. gotta love
2: it so what's uh, uh what's
1: new man how you been
0: how's things how was your hunting season and all that
2: everything's good um we just got back um or i just got back from uh fred bear day how um, was that i saw people. that oh yeah it was awesome and uh just a huge turnout um Brian Burkhart and myself, we did the um, tribute hunt seminar. We cut it down a little bit because of time constraints, but we did that. But what was really cool is um who was who was it? Gene. Um, he led into like the history of bear archery. And John Cabisa had all the original oh, slides from the little Delta hunt. And did from he do the,
0: he did the slideshow?
2: Yeah. So <sighs> these are slides that no one's ever seen except maybe. Right. Brian and myself, and one other person.
0: I, I remember so, you telling us the story about you guys going over yeah, and seeing them before you so did the hunt.
2: showed them to the whole crowd. So oh, man. everything kind of led into the, the whole story and into, into our seminar. And so many people have been thanking us. And they were just even people that, you know, non-hunters that were there, maybe yeah. their wife or whatever, were, were thanking us. And uh, it was a good deal. And, you know, a lot of the money or most, I think all the money is going for that Fred Bear statue. And Bear Archery gave him a. Uh, a check for twenty five grand. That was that was pretty cool. Wow,
0: where's yeah. the statue yeah. going? Is it going in Grayling?
2: It, yeah, right in Grayling. So um, yeah, so it's pretty cool, and it uh, yeah it was good. In a couple uh, they had, what three? Um, one two three different one of a kind bows.
0: I, I saw the pictures Brian
1: posted. Uh,
2: yeah, I was about to say the one Brian has is wonderful.
0: You know what? Yeah. Why don't we why don't we go a little into this a little bit? Because there might be people who aren't familiar with Fred Bear Day. Do you do you want to like kind of explain that? How long has it been going on? And and
2: Okay, so I believe this is the sixth year, and what it was, a couple guys got together, and they just said, you know, it was kind of like, hey, we, we need to do something to celebrate Fred Barrett. So let's get a group of guys together and go meet and celebrate his birthday on March 5th. And then when they all got together and started talking, then it kind of grew. Let's Okay, let's do it here. Then it went to the Eagles, little Eagles Hall, and then there was like 40 people. Then there was 60 people. Then let's have a 21 arrow salute at the original factory. You know, and now it just grew, and I forget how many people were there. They said, well, they sold out 160 tickets for sat, for Sunday. That's oh, wow. great. That is so great. it's getting so big that um, we had a talk on Saturday night, and they kind of ran it by the crowd on Sunday that although they wanted to have it always on the 5th of March because it's Fred Bear's birthday, right? The, their concern is a lot of people wouldn't be able to make it up on a weekday. Right. Now that it's gotten got big, at first that wasn't a concern, but now it's got grown. It's getting so much momentum that maybe let's do it the first weekend in March. But it's really cool because there's so much history there.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
2: You know, and everybody's bringing stuff out. There's original um, people that you know, people who worked at Bear Archery in Grayling. Um, it's it's just great. There's just so much going on all weekend. Wild. Oh yeah.
0: I did. I did celebrate in Pennsylvania. I took my uh, my sixty two k mag out and I shot for about an hour in the backyard with it. Yeah. Yes. Nice. So I, I definitely celebrated on his birthday. That's nice. that's awesome. I, I I saw. I forget when I first saw it. Maybe like four or five years ago when people were really posting yep. stuff about it online. And I was like, man, yeah. I would love to go to that someday. That's so cool. It I was cool. Jeff, uh, what's his name? Jeff Noack, I think it's Noack. Yeah. Yeah. He's on on the on the Fred Bear Facebook page. That's where I first saw it and it kind of looked up. really cool. So that's awesome.
2: Yeah, it was good. It worked out because um, when we went over to the factory on su- Sunday morning, everyone draws like that poker chip. Yeah. And we all peel the back off at once. And so 1 through 21 gets oh. one of the, the arrows and gets to do the aerials. So that's pretty cool. So Brian and myself drew an arrow. Um and then most of the bear archery guys that were there drew. So it was pretty cool because we were awesome. all together all weekend awesome. anyway. Nice. So, yeah, it was good. Good times.
0: What did they so, do with the, oh, I'm sorry, Schaefer. Go ahead.
2: I was just going to
1: say, what what do you shoot at or what are you – are you just shooting into the abyss?
2: Yeah, so the the old parking lot of the original factory, they plow a strip out of there down to the pavement. And then we do like the, you know, archers ready, draw, release, and there are the whistling arrows. Oh, cool. Fly out into the field, and then everybody like sets their bow down, and then they play taps. Then we go out and get our arrows. Awesome! Oh, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Do you get to keep it? Yeah, and we get to keep it. Yep. Oh, Freaking sweet. So, and was cool too is uh, Mike Steger was there, which is Fred Bear's. Would um, not adopted, so well adopted or Foster Son.
0: Yeah, is he the one that wrote the biography? He's
2: no, okay. he's ninety six years old. And then all his daughters, which are Fred Bear's granddaughters, were all there. <laughs> so all wow. three, three, three of the four. And then Chuck Crow's daughter was there this year. So it was like everybody. It was like a family reunion type thing.
0: Oh wow, it was pretty awesome. cool. That is so, cool. That is really cool.
2: Yeah, it was. It was a lot. Of, it's always a good time. So.
0: what's what's the pizza place? Is it the Bear Den?
2: The bear's done, yeah. So we all ended up going over there and people ordering pizzas and sitting around for a while. And then, um, a bunch of us all went back to, it's called the Royal, Royal Sag Lodge. It's right on the Osabo River. And bear archery hosts the event there at night and it's invite only type deal. And, um, so a bunch of us went back over there and, uh, same deal, you know, sit around telling stories about the old days and stuff like that. And, uh, kind of cool is after we left, uh, um they found a brochure in the in the lodge in one of the drawers and it was from the 1960s and they were hosting a party there and it has pictures in the brochure of the party and it shows fred bear standing right there by the fireplace where we were And no one knew bear archery's been booking this for the last couple years for us just to go and lo and behold fred bear had been coming (laughs) to parties there Oh, that's great. It's, blue. It's, it's a ways out of grayling, but it's still on the Asaba. So that was pretty cool, you know, to find that out,
0: you know. That is
1: cool.
2: That yeah. is awesome. So, yeah,
1: it's good oh,
0: stuff. Well, that, that's, that's a nice way to break up March, because March is kind of depressing. I mean, most, most, yeah. most of us, our hunting seasons are over. You're right. uh, you're in full swing for uh, trapping season right now, right? I've seen you've been getting some, some beavers.
2: Yeah, I've been um, trapping some beavers. There's a stream on the farm in front of my house where I hunt, and... Uh, I've been trapping beavers out of there the last couple of years, and they just become a real nuisance. Uh, oh, yeah. So, I'm waiting for the right time to get after them, and uh, here in the last couple of weeks I've been getting after them, and I'm, I got a few uh, coyote sets out too, and I got a couple coyotes. So nice, nice, yeah.
1: It's amazing how much damage beavers can do. When yeah. I first moved into this apartment, there's a there's a creek that runs into the you know. i'm up on the flat and then there's a couple of fingers that go down into the ravine Mm -hmm. which has a whole bunch of creeks running through it when i first lived in you could just walk through the creek bed no problem and then the beavers got to it and the amount of trees that have just disappeared over the last three years and oh yeah they've actually i don't know if they all died or if they've moved on but one way or another you can finally walk through the creek bed again because their dams are starting to
2: yeah, I don't know part. what the beavers do. I don't know if that, once they establish that, you know, through their series of dams and in their in their big be- the beaver hut. The lodge, yeah. Like, yeah, so they've got the lodge, and then they feed on all the vegetation up to however many feet are, you know, on either side of it. And I think once they are out of food, do they just move on? So I don't know. It's constant, like, a regrowth pro- process throughout the years, you know, so it creates good habitat when they do that. So. Yeah.
1: It's impressive. Some of the like the oak trees they were going for were like some sixteen inches, and oh, it's yeah. like they made it through like a third of the way, and I think they just said, "No, nah, this this is just too much." <laughs>
0: they're, they're workers, man. Uh, my son and I just watched a, uh, a documentary on them, uh, and it was funny because uh, the muskrats will hang out with them too and follow them around. Yes. It was it yes. was really cool. I never knew that, so it was, it was a cool. Uh, yeah. uh, what I forget where he found it, but he was watching on TV, and I sat down. And I got sucked right into it. They're amazing. They're cool little critters.
2: Yeah. yeah, they are cool. Destructive. Yeah. They have a purpose, but they can, you know. The reason I'm after these is because that stream runs under the interstate, like I-94 that cuts through here, and it's a, like a four-foot culvert. They have it completely dammed up. So that main drainage that cuts through this farm and cuts through all the additional farms into the next road drains all these farms for a few miles around. Well, now, the nuisance beaver trapper wasn't showing up for the county. I said, well, I'll just take care of it myself.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. As I say we deal with that all the time at the town I work for. Yeah, you know, nice. Uh, wild. That was an unexpected tangent, but awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I like it. It's cool. Um, so
0: wh- when did your season end? Was it January? White tail? Yeah,
2: yeah, January first. Okay. In, in the county I live in, January first. Uh, three counties south of me, they have a a late season hunt. I think it runs through the end of January for any yeah. unused tags, but maybe it's just for does only. I don't remember. So, but for, by me, it, uh, it's always October 1st to January 1st. Gotcha. That's not too bad.
1: No, it's, no, it's exactly.
0: a good. It's about the same as Pennsylvania. Uh, where we go a little lo- later cause we have, uh, Late season, season. we have late season flintlock and archery, and that starts right after Christmas and goes till I think Martin Luther King Day. So it's it's a nice little added bonus on the end of the season. So,
1: how miserable is it around you come you know January first though?
2: What do you mean miserable? Cold winter, just it's it just depends. Every year's different, you know. Um, It's been mild this year, right? Yeah, it was pretty mild this year because I had the last day and it was pretty mild. So. Just every year is different, you know. It uh, can be brutal.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, especially out there. How'd your season go for whitetails?
2: Um, it went good. I think I shot, shot a ten point with the bow, and I shot one or two does. Excellent. Yeah, and then I shot. Um, yeah, and then I shot one with the. I did shoot a buck in gun season, and then I shot. The very on January first I shot a filled another dope permit with a handgun. So
0: that's right. I did see that's, that That's this yeah. week. Was that the yeah, first not, was, that, was that your first one with a handgun?
2: No, I used to handgun hunt quite a bit actually years yeah. ago and I kinda got out of it and then um you guys know Gabe Van Wormer from yes. Michigan. Yep. So Gabe posted a thing They had a guy had it's built on a like a forty five frame, mm-hmm. but it was a three fifty legend. Single shot gun, and he put, that was on Michigan outdoors, so it kind of inspired, inspired me, and I went, "Wow!" The last day of the season, I'm going to take my handgun back out, and uh, so it was pretty cool because I shot pretty good, a real good doe with it, you know. And, As
1: I say, the only issue with your handgun is it makes the doe look small. Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I handgun has a <laughs> nine and a half inch barrel on it, but is, the is reason it? I quit hunting with it is because it's they're loud, obviously, and it hurts. You know it hurts my ears, so I don't have time to put a headset on. So I just quit hunting with it all together. And then yeah. this, I said, "Well, I'll, I'll shoot one if I can get the headset on," and it worked out. So,
0: <laughs> well, uh, what is awesome. it? Is it 44? Yeah, 44. Nice, nice.
2: Yeah.
0: That is yeah. cool. That's something I'd like to do. My dad used to hunt with a pistol. He used to hunt with a. I think it was a 357. He hunted with. Yeah,
2: yeah. it's and, a challenge. I yeah, mean, he, had
0: <laughs> he had some success, but it was far and few between. I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I like it. But not as much as bow hunting. So. No,
1: but you wanna <laughs> it's to, funny how that always takes the reins.
0: So. Oh heck yeah! You want to you want to tell us that story about the the ten pointer this year? How'd that go down?
2: It um. So I, I had a, I don't know what the deal is on this farm across the street from me, but for some reason the last couple of years, the deer are just congregate really super heavy on there. Nothing's changed. Oh, um, wow. it's just beans. And that's it. That's all we plant. And um, this year we had no acorns. Okay. We just, you know, it was just, the whole state of Michigan was pretty, if you did find them, it was few and far between. Um, so I don't know if it was drought related maybe, but anyhow, uh, the one day I kept seeing a bunch of blue jays fly under this one tree in a fence row. And they were flying in and out of there, in and out of there. I'm like, well, that's no big deal, but they, why do they keep going there? They're going on the ground. So then when I got done hunting that morning, I walked by that tree, and I started, like, kicking around. In the, it is like – it's in a fence row between two bean fields, but there's some weeds growing. stuff. So then I started finding super small acorns, and I mean small acorns. And then I started seeing deer tracks all around it. So I moved a tree stand right then. And uh, that evening, I was sitting there at the end of the fence row, probably 50 yards from that tree stand – or that tree – And deer started piling out to the bean fields, a few small bucks, and it was one of those situations, like, oh, when all the deer pick their heads up and look across the field, you know, something's coming out. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, something. So, this buck walks out, and I was like, all right, now, if that buck gets close enough, that's a shooter, so. um, I won't be mad. (laughs) No. And I had other deer all around feeding under me, but, so he's coming across the field and just feeding on the beans and he's got two other smaller bucks with him. You uh, know, they kinda angled across the field and they beelined right for that tree. And um so they, they they came about thirty yards in front of me, didn't offer a shot, but then they paralleled the fence the row I was in and walked under that tree and fed under there for a few minutes and he kinda walked out was gonna continue to say uh, he would be like heading in a north direction, and all of a sudden for some reason, he just turned around, and started heading south, back down, and walking right towards me. And he got to about twenty yards or so, and he was facing me head on. And one of the smaller bucks he came up behind him, and he got a little irritated and spun around, put his ears back, you know. And when he did that, he just turned broadside. Oh, perfect! No. Yeah, so <laughs> so that was uh, his mistake. <laughs> so what,
0: what? What time of the season was that? Was that earlier or later?
2: It was October twentieth. Nice twenty first. October twenty first. Nice, nice. So, yeah, 21st. what did you use to shoot him with? Uh, my fiftieth anniversary takedown. Nice, you know, and uh, wood arrows, original bear razors. Yeah, so, yep, and then uh, tried and true. Yeah, yeah, he's a good deer. He dressed out, dressed. He was one eighty six. Nice, oh, nice. Oh, so, big nice. body deer. Didn't have a huge rack, but he, he dressed out. He weighed one hundred eighty six pounds. So big body big body lots in the freezer uh, yeah then i think a couple uh, like four or five days before that i was up in the upper peninsula at my mom's house working on her house and uh we haven't been able to shoot does in that part of the up in about 10 or 11 years i'd say last year we could if you drew you got to draw the lottery you know dope permits up there on the lottery Mm -hmm. i drew one last year and i didn't fill it i just waited i didn't see the one i wanted to shoot And this year i had one again so I was up to work on the house and, uh I don't know, it was about an hour and a half before dark. And my mom goes, you need to just take a break. Go grab your bow and go hunting or something. I said, yeah, I guess so. So I just grabbed the bow and walked back in. I had a stand and I literally just got in the stand and sat down and boom. I mean, i, I like, holy crap. And there's not a lot of deer in the UP, first off. So it's, it's tough hunting. And here comes... A really big doe. I mean, she's huge, walking right towards me through the swamp, and I'm like, I'm not literally not in the stand for five minutes. I got the, my bow hanging out a pine branch in front of me, and not ready. So I kind of get ready, and then another doe uh, with a fawn comes in, and they go to this old rotted tree stump in front of me, and they're like feeding around the base of it. I don't know what they're really eating at that time. I didn't know what it was, but. Um, the medium-sized doe is giving me tons of shots at, like, 15 yards. The giant one, I'm getting picky, is not giving me any <laughs> shots. You know how that goes, right? So uh, they kind of fooled around for about 10 minutes, and finally the fawn got underneath me, got a little downwind, and got spooky. I mean, I mean literally, I just threw on a camouflage flannel shirt, and I got my work, i mean, you know, building a deck all day. So You forgot uh, your
1: Ozonics, I take it?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have that in my pack with me. So anyhow, <laughs> they, she got a little nervous, and then the the medium sized dough and then they kind of just wandered off. So I just hung up the bow, and I grabbed my phone, and text my mom. I go, "Funny, I just had re- instantly deer by me." She's like, "No way." She goes, "Oh, the, did you get one?" I'm like, "No." They just kind of smelled me and ran off. She goes, "Oh, they'll come back." And I said, "Yeah, mom, it doesn't work that way." <laughs> but okay, I said, "But I'll be up at you know at dark." for dinner or whatever the deal is and um after i put my phone back in my pocket i go i'm just gonna stand because it's gonna be dark in like a half hour so i'll stand so i stood up as soon as i stood up i looked to my left and here comes another big doe i was like what? what's going on you know <laughs> and that deer does the same thing and hooks and goes right to that stump and it's like eating around something at the base of that stump well it was a perfect cornering away shot so i shot her and uh you know, I knew it was a perfect shot, right? You know, probably I don't know, sit, caught the very back of the the lung, you know, facing me. Yep. And just inked right up through the base came out the base of the shoulder and through the armpit on the other side and I knew it was over with. And uh so I got down and then I looked and there was <clears throat> those really I I know you guys are probably seeing they're really small little orange mushroom. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're very, very Rings little. A bell. And they were growing all around the, that rotted stump, and that's what the deer were eating. Interesting. And I don't know, yeah, I've never, I've never ever seen them do that, and I don't know why they were, but all the deer were congregating towards that stump. Do uh, you think was deer are really as sensitive doe. to mushrooms as humans? I don't know. I don't know. They may be poisonous to us and not them. I don't know. But uh, she was a really good doe, too, so I was happy to get that, you know. So yeah, That's a great season right there. That's awesome. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I shot a doe with the bow over here by the house too. Um, another time, but yeah,
0: I, I can't so, remember. Did you did you uh, go away anywhere this year? I know you were up in Alaska recently, right? Mountain lion. Yeah. Well, besides besides the mountain lion, we'll I, I mentioned we'll get to that. But like, didn't I, since no, we I talked think, to you last, you went up for fishing, I think, though, right?
2: Yeah, I did not hunt in Alaska this year. I just right,
0: fished. right, right.
2: Yeah, this year I didn't plan on doing anything um, because I knew I had um, drawn that. Um, mountain lion's egg
1: right right and seems uh, like an appropriate
2: segue
0: I, yeah exactly <laughs> I, I was gonna say how real quick how was the fishing trip
2: oh awesome as always
0: yeah they look like yeah. it looks like you guys have a good time
2: oh my god we have a riot that, you know that you homer actually ocean fish yeah oh we fish, <laughs> you, we stay, fish hard. you stay on the boat <laughs> right yeah we stay on the boat you know um through homer ocean charters yep um and um i mean it's just fabulous you're into fish you're seeing bears all day you're seeing mountain goats you're seeing whales you're just living like a king you yeah. know it's just yeah um and the salmon fishing was over the top this year we were in king salmon like crazy awesome so, yeah in the halibut and everything else so yeah it's just it's just it's a great time if you ever guys ever want to go you will you won't regret it let me uh, tell you that I bet
0: that's on the that's on the short list we i want i want to Get some yeah. buddies and take my son up there and just do a trip like that. That would be fun. Love it.
2: He'd love it. He'd yeah. be the fish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd
0: be cool. Especially hooking into a salmon or something. He'd go crazy. That's oh, always yeah. fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so you you drew a mountain lion tag. It seemed like
1: it was a quite hectic process too.
2: Yeah. You mean the whole how the whole thing came about? Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah the yeah. whole
1: sequence of events to actually. Yeah, go I don't in.
2: remember if I talked to you guys about it. I, or how it happened? I or, think I
0: heard this. Did I hear the story on, on Rob's podcast? I think podcast? it was the stick boat. Yeah,
2: yeah. stick boat Maybe was I was talking to Rob about how I drew the tag and how it got all messed up and everything. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Might, you might as
0: well go through it in case anybody hasn't heard it.
2: All, all right. right. So what I did was um, I've been putting in for mountain lion tags for a while in Utah for, like, uh, I think this was my sixth year. So some of the units are extremely hard to draw. So through Instagram or something, I seen someone, this this guy was getting quite a few mount lines. And I just messaged him. I said, hey, you know, I see you do this, blah, blah, blah. Um, you ever take a traditional bow hunter? And he's like, no, but I'd like to. He said, that'd be really cool. So he said, you know, I, I'll take you. And he, he threw me a price out and it was reasonable. So um, I says, well, I'll put in for the tag. He goes, well, how many points do you have? And I said, six. He goes, well, you'll never draw, but just put in anyway. He goes, it takes a lot of points. So anyhow, I put in, and um, I drew, I said, well, I'm drawing the tag. And he's like, yeah, good luck. I said, no, I'm serious. I'm drawing the tag. And, uh, and you don't was, know the Eck out variable <laughs> Yeah, later. in typical gym yeah. fashion. Yeah. So it's, uh, well, what it was, was Utah, you used to put it, say, in, say, in August. Yeah. In September, and then the drawing was right in September, but season started in October, so people didn't have a chance to plan. So Utah changed it up, so the lottery would be, like, in February or March, and you'd get your results in March. So it was, like, almost back-to-back. People didn't realize that. So when I put in right away, I think maybe people didn't realize it. Yeah. So when I drew the tag, <clears throat> I got the email, and when the results came out, i seen it. And I sent him a message. I said, "Hey, I drew the tag," and he's like, "Yeah, right," you know. And I said, "No, seriously, I drew the tag." He says, "I don't believe you." Take a screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I did. I took a screenshot of it and I sent it to him. He's like, "I don't know what you're doing right now, but I'd suggest you go play the lottery <laughs> one." You know. So anyway. So everything was all good. We were all set. We picked out you know a time frame to go hunt. And then it was like in July he called me end of July. And you guys probably seen this on the news. All them fires burning in yeah. Utah.
3: Yeah.
2: And he's like, yeah. He says it's not good. Your units on part of your units on fire. You're going to have to watch this, you know, because it's kind of limited where you can and can't hunt. Mm-hmm. But then a couple of days later he's like, yeah, this isn't good. More and more is burning. It just went on and on. So then uh, like three weeks later, four weeks later, he's like, yeah, he got a hold of me. He's like um I would just turn the tag in you could turn it back he goes I can't take you hunt now he goes I guess the one whole side of it is military base or is it private a mining company I forget but anyhow he goes the other side burned too much and I just can't take you there's nowhere left to hunt yeah he goes so just turn the tag in and you know whatever so I called I I went through the process I called fishing and game and the first person I talked to said you know yeah you can turn it in you you won't lose your points so you just lose the money that you paid for the tag you'll still keep your points which is fine i said yeah i don't i wish i could just hunt but i know the unit burned and and she said she goes nah no he he goes he, he said eh, it didn't burn that bad he goes i don't think but call this person instead so i made another phone call and then i was talking to this girl and she's like it didn't burn that bad um she goes, I'm in that unit all the time. She goes, if anything, it's going to benefit the lions and this, that, and that. She goes, I don't think that you should turn the tagging. I think you should call this person. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So I call that. This. She gives me another number. She goes, and if you still seek get their opinion. She goes, and then if you want to turn it in, you can still turn it in by all are, means. But,
0: you know, are these all people that work for conservation districts or something? Or?
2: Yeah, fish and game. Okay, they're oh, all yeah, fishing cool. game. All right. Yep. So... Um, so I call this individual up and um, talk to his wife and she's like, Well call this guy. So I call this guy <laughs> up and I tell him the whole story. And he's like, Well the unit's right in my backyard. It did burn, but it's not that bad. But I understand where he's coming from. He might be a little, you know, worried about getting you a lion. He goes, He's a good dude, but he goes, Call this guy. <laughs> <laughs> he said, cause I, he goes i don't take hunters and i said okay that's fine so uh anyway so what happened was it was getting late and obviously I, you guys know i get up early for work so i saw this call this guy tomorrow so like 11 30 night this guy's calling me because you call the other guy i'm like no i didn't i'll call him tomorrow goes, well don't call him he said i'm gonna we're gonna me and my buddies are gonna one of us is gonna take you we're gonna get you a lion or get you, take you hunting anyway. Don't turn that tag in because you'll never draw it again in your lifetime. I, and I I said, What are you calling me old? But, you know, so, but, <laughs> so anyhow, um, he said, Don't turn the tag in. He says, We'll make it happen. And um, so I didn't really, I mean, so this guy is he's Corey Huntsman, who I was talking to. Mm mm-hmm. And he, he said, my buddies and I, you know, I talked to a couple other guys, we'll, we'll, we'll get you out there. So anyway, it was a couple weeks later he called me and he said, hey, do you know who Ivan Carter is? And I said, yeah, I know who Ivan Carter is. He goes, well, Ivan wants to know if him and his film crew can tag along. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be, they want to radio, we want to dart radio collar mount lions for the study with the Department of Wildlife. Do this, that, and the other thing. Um, I'll be tagging along, but so will some of the other guys. Um, they have dogs, and um, if we get on a big cat or whatever the situation is, or um, you can shoot one, or we'll take, you know, it was just like, I was hunting, but I really, w- you know what I mean? It was just yeah. tagging along. Yeah. deal. So, and I was fine with that. I told him, I said, Corey, I said, I don't need to kill a mountain lion. I said, if I'm a part of that, and we can dart one. If I kill one, I kill one. That whole process is going to be kind of cool to see Heck, how they yeah. did it. Yeah, because yeah. it, it's conservation, you know, it's hunters' dollars at work. Absolutely. So, um, so he said, okay, cool. So I flew out there. I ended up staying with Ivan and the other guys from Africa, and it was just awesome, you know. So every morning we would all get together. We'd go meet somewhere, and we would um, decide what part of the mountain range we would hunt in. And um, uh, I actually bought a second tag, so I didn't have to hunt in my unit all the time so we ended up going out and we i want to say the first day it was just pouring rain so we couldn't hunt but then it started snowing it turned to snow and it kept snowing and snowing that whole day so the next morning we go out and we've got like i don't know six eight ten inches of fresh snow and we go and we try to cut tracks and we don't cut anything and then we go to you know we got other guys out trying to find in another area to just even to get a track and get a cat treed to put a radio collar on. So then when we came off the mountain, we got a phone call. That the other guys had cut a fresh track to get over there. So we got over there and um, it's kind of crazy because when we were up on this, that second morning, which was a Monday morning, we're up on this, these mountain trails and we're coming down and we we're running into all these hikers groups of hikers you know yeah. the first couple you know ladies were coming that we come up you know they're like hey how you guys doing we're like good what are you guys up to and we're like um we're back here <laughs> trying to radio call dart and radio collar mountain lion you know blah 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 and i got this arrow tube on my back <laughs> big up. darts yeah and she goes oh i see the darts right there i go we're like yep yep <laughs> so, she just let it go at that yep. no stink
0: eye from her huh
2: yeah she goes, oh, that's cool, you know, and they go on. So a little farther, we go down, and we tell, a couple more ladies coming up, and um, they're asked the same thing, and the lady's like, well, don't kill the mountain lions. And we're like, oh, we're just starting them. She goes, well, I don't want them dead. She goes, um, they kill all the mule deer, and the mule deer are wrecking my shrubs and down where I live, and I want all the mule deer dead. Like, geez, <laughs> so other, wow. you know, so one extreme to the other, you know. Anyhow, so we go to where the second the other group of guys cut the track and now this is like, I don't know how to describe it. Like going into like, do you have like forest use areas that everyone goes hiking and there's parking lots and there's cars yeah. all over and people go hiking. But we yeah. go in there and there's freaking cars everywhere. And there's people everywhere. It's like, I'm going to a city park.
3: Yeah.
2: Like what's going on? So anyhow, they let the dogs loose and it's, they tree the mountain lion, like, right away off the side of this main trail. And there's people hiking everywhere. So by the time before <laughs> we get back there, yeah, I mean, there's people all over. And I'm like, I'm glad this is, like, just out of our unit or the units I can hunt because I wouldn't shoot one in there anyway because there's people
0: all over. No, you'd start a riot or something with those yeah. people probably. Just starting
1: oh. a cat over here, don't yeah, mind
0: don't me. Don't mind. <laughs> but yeah. there's blood. Yeah, that's normal.
2: Yeah, so before we could get to the tree... And between the guys that had the dogs and us, somehow, a phone call went in to 911 that there was a, a hiker getting mauled <laughs> to death on the side of the mountain by dogs and was screaming for help.
3: Oh,
0: okay.
2: God. So between us at the base of the mountain going up the side and where the dogs retreated and a couple of guys who were there with the dogs there was a police officer walking in there (laughs) and he got to the base of the tree and he wasn't very happy, (laughs) but he wanted to know what the heck was going on. And they told him, he goes, you got two police departments on full alert and search and rescue ready to fly up here with the helicopter because of this nine one one call. And they, we explained to him, we're not breaking the law. We're not doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. He goes, no, I know you're not, but that's,
0: it's not your fault. It's the, the lefty walking up the trail.
2: Well, whoever did it. Yeah. So, um, so it was great. Got the whole film crew there. It's a nice big female in the tree. And um, we're like, this is great. So let's call Fish and Game and get their team out here. We'll dart this and put a radio collar on her. Right? So we make a couple calls. None of them are answering their phone. Finally, the one biologist or whatever, she calls back. She goes, what do you guys do? Yeah, what's up? He goes, well, we need you here. We got a lion. You know, we're doing the study. We told you I had the film crew. And she goes, it's Martin Luther King Day. We're on the cape. We're all no. up skiing. We're like, what? That's uh, why there was so many people hiking. Everyone was off work. Oh man! Oh, I was like, oh my god, you got to be kidding me! So, we just <laughs> decided to get a bunch of video footage of the mouth line for the film crew. <laughs> oh, so, that was priceless! So, it, but it was it gave me a good opportunity to uh, study the whole anatomy of the cats and everything. So, yeah. and it was great, you know. So, um, other people. A couple of hikers did come up there, um, and the girl there was a, a, two younger girls, like in their early twenties, and their dad was with them. Yeah, and they were just like they were. They thought it was really cool. Oh yeah, and just because they go, well, we didn't even know there was mountain lions here." And I, the one girl had zipped her jacket; and she had a shirt on, had the outline of Michigan on it. You know, the state, like a map of Michigan. I go, "What are you wearing that for?" She goes, "Oh, we're from Michigan." I go, "Get out of here! I'm from Michigan." So we're on the side of a mountain in Utah. She goes, "Yeah, we just moved here." They're telling me where they lived in Michigan. And so then the guy finally he says, uh, You guys aren't going to kill that mountain lion, are you? Like, oh, oh here we go. <laughs> so Ivan, you know, Ivan's a world renowned professional hunter. Yeah. He, he's, he does this conservation stuff globally, handling big cats and every other thing. So Ivan had a talk with him in front of us. And just so cool how Ivan laid it out to the guy. And the guy goes, can I shake your hand? He goes, because no one's ever explained hunting to me that way. He goes, I get it now. So it was cool. So it was like we kind of, I didn't say or I'm about to say we made a hunter out of that guy, but he's got a different perspective of yeah,
3: it. Yeah, yeah.
2: That what what they're doing is, you know, Hunter, I haven't explained how hunters' dollars pay for conservation. And haven't laid it right out there. He says, "Um, you no, know, he goes, no disrespect to you, but do you hike all these trails all around here all the time? He's like, yeah. He goes, how much did you pay for this? He goes, pay for what? He goes, to hike these trails. He said, well, we don't pay nothing. He goes, exactly. Hikers contribute zero to conservation. This is true. So he went into the whole thing, and the guy, like I say, the guy was really cool about it. And anyway, um, so we leave. Everyone leaves the tree. We get the cat, you know, we get her to jump out of the tree. Got excellent footage and everything. It's really cool. So we all go down into town, this little town, and we're going to eat. So we find this little Mexican restaurant, we're all going to go eat in there, so we all pile in there, there's like 20 of us now, you know, all these guys from the Utah Houndsman Association and uh, fishing, everyone's in there, and so we all order our food, and we're getting it, and we're standing around, and this guy walks in, and he's like, what are you guys all up to, and he's like, so you're the guys, and he's got <laughs> search and rescue on the back of his jacket, <laughs> He tells us the whole same story that, you know, they got the night. He goes, I was there when the 911 call came in. So I was like, what a day, you know. So then he proceeds to say, yeah, I'm glad you guys didn't shoot that one. That's the town lion. We're like, what? (laughs) Well, that lion comes into town here all the time. Everyone likes that lion. I'm like, it's a wild animal. But anyhow,
1: crazy story.
2: Crazy story. You can look it up right now if you want. Look up Mapleton, Utah, and what happened here two days ago. They just darted that female lion in town and transported her way away because she was becoming a nuisance. Yeah. So anyhow, so that was how that went. So then, over the next few days, we would I would hunt with different guys from Utah Houndsman Association,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and we would, and we so we treat a female the one day. Um, they had a dead radio collar on that needed to get changed. So fishing game came. We darted her. Lowered her down out of the tree, changed her collar, put a new ear tag. They take blood samples, tissue samples, um, hair samples. Um, How do you and- lower a cat down? Yeah, <laughs> the one girl that works for fishing game. Now this is these the, the a state vet comes out. She comes with them and two biologists. The girl climbs up there into the tree, ties a rope because the cat. Just fell asleep up there on the branch after it was started. And she just lowered it down, put it like around its chest under its arms, and slowly yeah. lowered the cat down to us. Really oh. cool. How awesome and, was it
0: was it being part of that process of just like that? Oh, whole... it's amazing.
2: To see what they do and how this what all that work that they did there for that was just amazing because the vet's there and she's giving them oxygen. You know, um, they hook up a monitor to the cat's tongue that's checking its heartbeat. It's just like it's going into the ER, you know. Wow. They're kind of and all the vitals on this cat, um, and um, so they did all that, put the new radio collar on everything, and then you know we carry her over, set her down, do the reversal drug. We just all kind of sat back and watched the whole deal. I mean, we're sitting literally right next to the cat as it comes to and kind of looks around and just kind of she wanders off, you know.
1: Got to be a cool. weird feeling from the cat. What was Yeah
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did I just do? Yeah.
1: How do I stick yeah. stink like humans?
2: Right.
0: Oh man, that's gotta so, be uh, so
2: cool. So while this is all going on, it continues to snow. And the snow is getting deeper and deeper and deeper, and it's like, man, it's just not in there. Like, yeah, we're not used to snow like this. We don't get snow like this. So um so I wanna say it was like the third or fourth day. I was with these guys and um, we caught a big track. So they released their dogs and we went after it up the side of the mountain. And I had one of the film crew from the after guys with, you know, with me. One of Ivan's film guys wanted to go with me because they wanted to see me get a cat. So we went up the side of this mountain and uh, there was all bare rock up at the top. Now, mind you, it's still snowing. Mm -hmm. Now, the snow is getting up to our knees at least. And... um, so we get there in the bo- We get up to the top, and the uh, dogs are barking tree down the side of the mountain. And I hurry up and I put my bow together, get everything all ready, and we get there, and it's a female. And it's illegal to shoot them, but you know, frowned upon. Is that mm. yeah? It's just like you know, you're, you're they're trying you wanna, to build the yeah. Population. You want a tom? Yeah, so I you know, I, it, and so I see yeah. So what we figured out we let her go but what we figured out was that when they got up in the rocks up there the dogs with the tom their female was up in the rocks too with them gotcha, uh, oh, gotcha. And so we think that like he went whatever direction she bailed literally out of the rocks off the peak and treated instantly so that's why the dogs got her so quick you mm-hmm. know what i mean because mm-hmm. i mean literally from the time we released them they were up and over top that thing within under 15 minutes, they had to the cat treat. We're like, holy mackerel, this is crazy. Yeah, it took us to get up there, but uh, um, so uh, that was cool. So we let her jump and then ran the dogs. He had a couple pops, treat her again, and we just let her go. And then uh, got back that night, <clears throat> and then um, I want to say the next day we treat any cats the next day. I don't remember, but we did have. The- and radio collar and another female
3: mm-hmm.
2: how long were you there for total six days, to seven days okay so um so on the next to the last day before i had to leave we went we all went to brigham young university and that's where all these the fishing game works out of there and all the students that are part of this program and um it's just absolutely amazing what they have going on there the program they radio collar moose, elk, mule deer, bighorn sheep, um, desert, you know, everything. Oh, wow. And they have all this data being compiled there. They know where all these mountain lions are. Um, there's, they study, there's, so you know, it's studying mortality of the mountain lions, mm-hmm. uh, the reproduction, uh, all, all this stuff so that they can better regulate the seasons. Yeah. I mean, they put a ton of work into this um, from the, the students, the fish and game department and Utah Huntsman Association. It is, it is a joint effort, and it's all volunteer, you know, by the Utah Houndsmen. Their time, their gas, their dogs, and all this, just because they want to keep mountains on the line. They're not, you know, they want to keep this a viable hunting resource, you know, so it's, it's really cool. So we spent a lot of time at Brigham Young that evening talking with the director of that program, and, uh, man, like I say, it's just, it's cool what they've got going on. Uh, there was one mountain line at the radio collar that went. I forget the exact total amount of miles, but left Utah, went through the corner of um, up into Wyoming, like through Colorado, up into Wyoming, back down, ended up, they getting hit by a car finally, but it was, I don't know how many, like, was it a thousand miles? I forget. It was a lot. Wow. But um, so then, now it's. But meanwhile. It's still snowing and while we were at the university I said something about the snow and they made a comment They so well this we've we measured snow forever. This is the deepest snow in twenty years. <laughs> Lucky <laughs> you. Yeah. I'm
3: best, you know?
2: <laughs> so uh, so that night they said, Hey uh tomorrow's your last day, but you can always come back. The season runs through May. You can come back later, blah blah blah. one of us will get you out if it doesn't happen but there's only one place we can maybe go which is the, the part that burned and everything but it's a long way back in there we'll have to meet first thing in the morning you have to ride mules back in there i said i'm fine with that whatever whatever you guys want to do so took off in the morning and being another guy we rode take four dogs with us and we started riding mules and we rode the mules way back up into this mountain canyon, and um, mule deer everywhere. It's snowing, it's beautiful, and uh, we're going along. And kind of, you could, after you've seen a few lion tracks, I'm by means no expert, but you could tell they kind of walk like a person. And I seen the tracks come across a rock, so you know it wasn't an elk or a mule deer, but they were pretty snowed in. And um, he kind of like tells the dogs, he goes, "All right, sort it out," you know. And uh, that's just how he talks to his dogs too. He doesn't raise his voice. He goes, "You guys sort it out," <laughs> and they start going. And oh, it's like I never seen anybody handle dogs like this before. So uh, the dogs sorted out and they start going. And you can see them in the snow going up the side of the mountain, and they're kind of going back to where we came from, but they're going up the mountain, and they're going up the mountain, and they're going up the mountain. Up the mountain. <laughs> then I see them going across this back, and they're going higher and higher. And I'm like, Jesus! And all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> they open up, and you can hear them, and they're howling. He's like, well, this must have got a little bit, you know, fresher, scent, or whatever it is. So we, uh, we're we paralleling them down in the valley with the mules, and we're riding further and further and further back into the mountains, and they're going, and then it opens up into this huge, like, canyon. Is the only way I can describe it, and it's like, Way in the back of this big giant bowl is these huge rock faces, and I'm talking, it's way up there, and you know, it's just, it's gorgeous, and it's snowing, and he kind of looks at me. We're on the mules, so he's like, "Yeah, um, they're barking tree." And I go, "Yeah, I hear that all the way in the top up there in the rock, <laughs> in the cliffs." Oh man, he goes, "What do you want to do?" I said, "I don't care, whatever. I'm here to hunt mountain lions." What do you, what do you think? He goes. Let's wait about 10 minutes. Maybe the cat will jump and work its way this way. <laughs> so I'm like, that's fine. So we waited like about 10 minutes and it wasn't happening. They were barking tree. So he's like, I think they're up in them rock faces. Is that good or bad? And he goes, well, it can go either way. There's caves up in there and we'll make it up there. We, you know, we don't You don't know until you get up there. Yeah. He goes, I'm going to tell you on a good day with no snow, it's brutal. It's a very brutal climb. With this snow, it's going to be even worse. So I'm like, I'm up for it. He's like, okay. So we tie off the mules, throw my pack on, and we start going. And it, um, <laughs> the snow is anywhere from my knees, actually above my knees, to my waist. Oh, perfect. Wow. Yeah, at any given time. So he's in front. We're going, we're going, we're going. We just keep going and going. and, I mean, it's... It just was brutal. It was not, It was brutal. It was, there was time, a lot of it, it was over my waist, and we kept working up. We'd take a break, work up, take a break. Finally got to part of the rock faces, and we worked along that a cliff face. Then we had to drop down into, like, another small little valley, and, and I knew up over that ridge was the huge rock faces where the dogs were barking, treating. I could see two giant pine trees there, and uh, sticking up above the ridgeline at the base of these cliffs. So as we got closer, and now literally the snow is constantly almost to my waist. um, Was it at least like light, fluffy snow? Yeah. Okay. That's good. So uh, you don't see the rocks and stuff underneath, so you always fall. Yeah. Yeah, It's real fun. So Easy way to snap your leg. Yeah. Yeah. So... We come up almost to that ridge and I mentioned, I said, hey, I said, I go, I just seen snow fall off that one big tree up high. He's like, what? And he goes, maybe the dogs are in that cat's tree. And it's like, he's like 100 yards from this rock face, maybe 150 yards from a rock face where this trees growing up. And as I said that, the dogs go quiet. I'm like, the dogs are barking. He goes, yeah, I know what's going on. So we sit there for about five minutes. So all of a sudden, the dogs come right to us. How they figure that out, where we're at, I have no idea. And he goes, what are you guys doing? You know, he's not yelling at him. He goes, get back to that cat right now. And he goes, I mean, it, you get back there right now. Because now we've been climbing for like three hours. Don't <laughs> <laughs> <That's> stop <laughs> now. Yeah, this isn't like 20 minutes. This yeah. is like three hours. Holy crap. He's, he's like... You know, he's like, how old are you? I go, I'm 59. And he goes, man, you're doing pretty good from, you know, for that age and being from Michigan. And he goes, because we do this every day, like multiple times during the week. He goes, you're pretty much doing, you're doing a pretty good job keeping up. I go, well, anyway, so he tells the dogs, he goes, you guys get back here right now. And he goes, I mean, right now. And they just look at him. They turn, they go back. And like in less than two minutes, they're barking tree to get at the same tree. Oh, my god! So he goes, yeah, I mean, I'd never seen houndsman's dogs just well behaved and listened to whatever he told them to do so
1: did their trail help you get there no no No. not at all because you
2: know the the other thing is we're going under so much brush that is laden with snow and it's just falling on you
0: oh my gosh
2: while it's snowing so it's just covering you you're completely covered in snow so uh I start working my way. I'm following his tracks, and he's like, "I'm going to get to my dogs right away." Okay, so he goes. So, mind you, I've got a pack on with all the gear. I've got everything. He doesn't have a pack. He has uh, some leashes around his neck. So
0: he's cruising.
2: He's cruising. Yeah. I have got like 35, <laughs> 40 forty-pound pack on my back. So I'm going. So I finally get almost to the tree. And he looks back. He goes, "You didn't put your bow together." I'm like, no. It- he goes, oh, yeah, put your bow together. He goes, you got to shoot this one. I'm like, okay, so it is like about a 60-degree angle and snow up to my waist. So I got to take my pack off. I have to clear an area out.
0: How high is this cat?
2: So I see the cat's in the tree, right? He's, he's up there. Yeah. He's, he's up there, okay? <laughs> um, I mean, he's up there. So <laughs> <laughs> I have to clear the spot out in the snow and I set my pack in the snow above me. Like, you know, cause it's so steep. Mm-hmm. I take the bow apart, you know, out of the pack. I put it together real quick. Then I got to try to string it without sliding, and falling down the mountain. I get that done. <laughs> and then I said, well, I'm not going to just take the arrow tube. So I put the quiver on the bow and I grabbed like four arrows, throw it in the quiver.
0: And this is the 50th anniversary. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, uh, was this one of the most high-pressured shots you've ever taken? Uh. I mean, nah. I would have to imagine taking a shot and maybe missing out a moose at 20 in Alaska hurts, but after a three-hour yeah. hike and waist-high <laughs> snow. Yeah,
2: I mean, I was... I think I was at that point, like, I wasn't... I want to say it was high-pressure,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, I, and I had caught my breath and everything. Yeah. After... I've been very fortunate all, all my years of hunting in the mountains a lot that I acclimate pretty darn quick to it. I don't know okay. why I do, but I, I get pretty lucky. So, I was good and um, but the problem was, is because the dogs had been treed under there for so long, they had that snow packed down under that tree,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and
2: obviously, because it was such a big-ass pine tree, there was not a lot of snow that had fallen underneath it. Like and a of well. slick Ice, you know, like, uh. patted down. So, He's like, hey, can you get up on those rocks above the cat? And it'll be you know, there's no shot from right here. Go up there. Well, I start going up there. Now I'm literally in snow up to my chest. Because they had drifted on these rocks. And he kind of looks, he goes, Yeah, don't even try. I go, Yeah, I couldn't even draw I could there's nothing I can do. <laughs> yeah, I can't draw right. my bow or anything. I can't I can't even go any further because it's literally getting up to my chest and my armpits in snow. Because wow. it had drifted so deep. Right. So, right. We went back down. We got under the tree, and the cat moved a little bit. And it was one of those deals. He goes, "Can you get a shot up through there?" And I, I jokingly said, "Yeah, if it was a squirrel, I could kill it, but I don't know if I can hit that mountain lion." He goes, well, "What do you mean by that?" I go, "It's just a concentration thing, you know, because it's up there."
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But I see yeah, I can make that shot, but I have video of it, and um, it's steep. It's so I'm so I've got my Left leg is trying not to slide down the mountain, and the <laughs> one dog had climbed part way up the tree, so we got to get that out, you know. And so the cat's up there, and it, it's up there, you guys. I mean, it's it's up there. It's a long, long shot. Was it like
1: twenty yards vertical, thirty yards vertical?
2: It was pushing probably thirty straight up. Wow! Wow! <laughs> yeah, literally almost straight up. That's a poke. Which, yeah, and I, I mean.
1: With arrow roulette, if you miss,
2: yeah. So <laughs> there is, there's a couple little branches here and there, you know. Yeah, but nothing bad blocking the vitals, like okay. the cat's open. So he finally gets the dogs back, and and I finally like kind of really jam my boot in hard, as hard as I can, and I'm but I'm like trying to lean into the mountain, and I draw back and I shoot, and when I released, the, I knew the arrow was good, but Probably halfway between me and the cat, it just barely nicked the edge of a branch. Oh. it just deflected a, just the, the tiny mo- little bit, so it still hit the cat perfect mid mid body, mm-hmm. but maybe let's just say like right through the liver. Okay, okay, yep. I, not up into the to the heart area. Right, so right, just a couple inches back where I wanted to hit, but center mass of the body, you know, was perfect. So obviously the cat like comes out of the it bails out and it's falling all the way down and he releases the hounds and he's like he goes that was a good shot I go yeah I said it was a little further back that way he goes that's a dead cat and I'm like okay I mean you do this all the time not me so he goes that was a great shot holy macro whatever so now this is a very steep draw canyon all the way down to actually where the mules are But it's, you know, and the cat ran downhill. Great, you know. So I got to run over and get my pack. I rip the other arrows out of the quiver and I throw them in the tube, put the lid on the tube. I throw my pack on and I'm trying to keep up with him and the dogs, right? And... I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. It was bad because it was so drifted in that canyon. There's. I mean, he fell. I'm falling. I somersaulted a couple times because I'm just. I'm just being honest. It's, yeah, yeah. He was underneath, and you're trying to run in it, and you can't.
0: Yeah, I feel like you didn't break it's a like leg or something.
2: Yeah. So, we uh. <clears throat> so finally, there's like a little side draw, and the dogs are barking. A tree, like they're treat right there on the cat. So he wants to film it real quick and they're like 70 yards away and I go, wow, the cat's lo-. its going to fall out of the tree. It's not up high. It's probably up 12 foot on this branch mm-hmm. and you can see it's kind of starting to, like, it's losing it. It's, it's
0: dying. Going down, yeah.
2: And he goes, well, I'm going to film it. And he gets out. He's filming. He goes, yeah, he goes, it's going to die. We got to get down there. And all of a sudden, I go, it's, it falls out of the tree right then. And now there's a fight with the dogs. He's like, we got to get over there. It's going to kill my <laughs> dogs, right? Which is true, you know, and I I don't want that to happen. Right, right. Kind of mad at myself because of that slight deflection, because I wanted it over with. Now, I'm telling you the story. This is all happening fast. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, the cat didn't run that far from the tree. It's not like this is an hour later. We just treat the cat. This is happening fast. I mean, it's the tree, the cat ran downhill a little ways. Treated right away. He's we were following the blood. There's blood all over. Whatever. So we run over there, falling again, and he's like. You gotta we gotta get the dogs off him. He's come, so it's like a mad fight. They got him backed against this rock.
0: He's still alive. Still going.
2: Yeah. He's pissed off. <laughs> so yeah. we get two of the dogs back and in the in the mayhem I had ripped the top off that and he handed me an arrow, you know. So off that two, because I didn't have him to quiver, which was good because I had fallen so many times. Right. jerks that last um dog back in the cat's face in and he's like going to charge launch forward at us and i shot him straight in the center of the chest and the arrow went completely full length through the cat came out oh, i mean no full no length arrow, i just yeah it zipped right through it holy like crap butter and that was the end of it you know wow and uh, so uh so he kind of recoiled back and he's like Wow, he goes. Where'd that arrow go? I said it went completely through it. Right, it went in the chest and went out. It's corner <laughs> reverse Texas. Went from
1: <laughs> I was about to yeah. say
2: Michigan to Texas, right there. Yeah. He was just like <laughs> north to <through> south. <laughs> so yeah, so it. Uh, but you know, obviously, I mean, and, and I felt bad that the cat had lived that long it had bit one of the dogs on top of the head real quick, but it didn't even do anything to the dog. Cause it was like dying. Yeah. Like I say, I'm telling you all this, this all transpired very quickly. You know, it's not like, it. like I say, it didn't take 20 minutes or an hour or whatever. Right, right, but, right. Uh, oh, the so then, uh, you know, we're, we're doing whatever, like, uh, squaring the dogs away, making sure they didn't get tore up the cat's laying, there dead, whatever. And, um, so I take my jacket off, my full coat off, and I just hang it on this tree branch. I take my wet gloves off, I lay them on the tree branch, and then we go over to grab the cat, and he gets around the back of it, you know, and that and he's like, uh he goes, you want your arrow? Or he goes, You don't want this arrow, just leave it laying there. I said, No, I want that arrow. Yeah. You know? So uh he goes, Well, it's back here. He goes, Man, I think what and it literally went through the whole, like I say, the entire length of the cat and actually must have been the way the cat was. It actually clipped its back foot when it went through, but it—I mean—it was like three, four foot behind the cat after traveling full length through the body.
0: Wow, Doug oh, first.
2: Was, yeah, Sherwood shaft. Yeah, awesome. Yep. So I was with you know two blade bear razor. So uh, like I say, so I, I got the arrow, and then you know we got the cat, and he, he goes. You know, now it's going to be dark in like two hours, maybe. He says, well, you want to get some pictures? I said, yeah, let's hurry up and snap some pictures real quick because we got to get this thing off the mountain, you know. So uh, we kind of position the cat to take pictures. I will grab my coat and I picked my coat up and it was like it was starched. It was frozen like a rock. <laughs> oh,
3: no.
2: I was like, oh, man. So I go, "I better get this on. So I literally had to force my arms through the sleeves. You know, and that's why I like wearing wool for that simple reason. As soon as I put it on, I was bad. I mean, I'm not cold at all, perfectly warm. So I zipped the coat up. My gloves, there wasn't no putting them on because they were rock hard frozen. It was that cold. So, uh, but it had stopped snowing finally, which was kind of cool. So we, uh, we snapped a few pictures real quick. And then, uh, we got the cat. We took the cat back down off the mountain, um, we skinned it out in an opening by the mules boned out you know all the meat and everything and uh got it all loaded onto the mules uh one of the mules and then we started riding down the mountain you know and it, it it's like it all came together you know it happened and uh but the ride out wasn't without completely without incident <laughs> so we get half, we're about halfway down the side of the mountain, and. Um, I don't know what type of trees they are. I don't know if they were mahogany trees or what they were, but they they look like a big crabapple tree is all the way I could describe it. So we have to ride under these, and it's pretty steep. We're going through the deep snow, and that arrow tube I have sticking out of my pack scrapes on one of those trees, and my mule comes unglued <laughs> from the noise. Oh no! It loses its mind. It starts bucking and going <laughs> crazy. It goes to run out past him and his mule starts to lose it. And finally, I'm trying not to laugh, but I'm laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Next thing, I get bucked off this mule and I do a complete somersault through the air (laughs) and land on my side in the snow. And the mule is gone. Oh, no. He's like, he gets his wheel under control. He's like, what the heck happened? <laughs> and I'm laughing. He goes, are you okay? Goes, I go, yeah. He goes, why are you laughing? I go, he goes, you're not hurt? And I'm like, no, I'm fine. He goes, like, Jesus. He goes, you went flying through the air. <laughs> I said, I said that stupid arrow tube scraped on the uh, tree branches. He goes, and I go, and they spooch. He goes, yeah. He goes, he said, mules are tough, but sometimes they hear noises like that, especially towards dark. They think they're getting attacked by a dragon or something, and they spook.
3: Oh gosh!
2: I go so, I go. It's only a couple miles to the truck, right? He's like, yeah, two or three. I said, well, I'll just walk back because no, that mule will come back. He said, they're buddies; they come back. So we waited a few minutes. It started to come back, then it went back. So anyway, we walked for a little ways, and then uh, the mule finally come back, and I jumped back on it. But all the way down, both the mules are real skittish. Then for some reason, and as we got lower, he was like, "Man, he goes, if you got thrown in here, you would probably got hurt because it was all rock under the snow, bad rock, mm-hmm. you know." But uh, it was just a beautiful ride out. The sun was setting, and um, we rode through. I would hundreds of mule deer wow. in the flat. It was beautiful, you know. And then the mules kind of leveled up, calmed down once we got in the flats, and. Just the ride out was surreal. You know, and the mountains behind us, they were all glowing orange because the sun yep. was setting. Helping And, and uh, it just was a great ending, you know, to the whole hunt, how everything all came together. And uh, we got back to the truck, loaded the mules up and that, and jumped the truck, and it was 14 degrees out. Wow. So, but, uh, yeah, so it all came together, so it was good.
0: What an you epic know. day.
2: Yeah, it was. It was a long day. <laughs> we were kind of beat. <laughs>
1: Oh man! I don't even think we ever need to do another episode after that story. <laughs> episode sixty, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Never gonna beat that one. <laughs> wow, that
0: that yeah. that rivals your uh, your goat story. You think? Oh man, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I don't know, but both of them seem like full of adventure. I mean, they that's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
2: it was. I mean, so awesome. Those mount lions are. And they're just amazing animals. And they are. um Like I said, I felt bad about the whole deal, but kind of uh, not quite as fast as I was telling you about how fast it was happening. Yeah. You know. Um. And, uh, yeah, it was, they're cool. It was a cool hunt. That is. Very, a, very cool hunt. Wow. And it was, you know, that, it, I think that he weighed 118 pounds is what it weighed. So it wasn't like a giant male. Yeah. The male, and I, you know, I was happy, more than happy. You know? Are
0: you doing a mount or are you doing a rug or something with it?
2: Um, I think I'm going to do it life size. Okay. Because I don't, you know, I don't know that I'll ever get a chance to ever go mountain lion hunting again. Right, right. You know, maybe all I will. You
1: need, all you need to do, Jim, is from the perspective that I have, you have a bear over your right shoulder. It'd be uh, cool yeah. to have a mountain lion over your left shoulder.
2: Yeah, yeah. Perfect. That would work. That's <laughs> what I need. A couple more mounts, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. man. What, what, an, oh, what an adventure.
2: Yeah, That's it was so really awful. cool, like I say. And, and the main thing about the hunt is to see hunters' dollars at work. Yeah. And see how conservation really does, I mean, our money is doing something. Um, I don't know if you've been following but unfortunately, have you been seeing what's going on with the mountain lions in Utah the last week and a half, two weeks? No, I have not, no. Okay, so at the last minute, some legislator slid in a bill at the end of the session, in the 11th hour last week, and I believe it's House Bill 469, Yeah, they're going to remove all protection of mountain lions in the state of Utah. There'll be no more hunting seasons for mountain lions. You'll be able to shoot them year-round. You'll be able to trap them year-round. You'll why? be able to do whatever. Why? Exactly. Why?
0: You're going to eradicate them.
2: They want to wow. eradicate them. And it's, it's absolutely terrible. All that hard work from the Fish and Game Department, Utah Houndsman Association, it's terrible. That's why I keep posting it on the Instagram story and that for people to call it. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, the bill itself has stuff to do with um, uh, trail cameras and all this other yeah. stuff. And at the second they slid that little part in.
0: Is there a reason so, why? Like, did, did the guy have, or whoever did it have a reason? There, okay.
2: from, from what I gather... And it's to protect the elk herds, the deer herds and all this other stuff. But the mule I mean, the mountain lion from talking to those guys in a lot of areas the population is actually dropping. Yeah. And that's why they don't want you shooting the females. You know, and I I mean I didn't know this, and maybe you guys know this, but I didn't realize that the mountain lions can breed year round. I did not there's no. not a ride I, I a did not know a, that. Yeah. So they can have kittens right now. They can have kittens in May. They can have kittens in April. They can have kittens in December.
0: Um, wolves are like that too, right?
2: I don't know. How the I think the wolves are kind of like you know how the I mean coyotes they always breed in February, right in the, Yeah,
0: th- okay.
2: Because it is what for some reason I this is what I know about, and I, I think the, the wolves are the same way. They want to have their puppies when food is very abundant.
1: Right, meaning that makes sense.
2: Ungulates are dropping their fawns. Yeah, or their yeah. ever. But the mountain lions aren't like that. So to all this study, all this research, all this data that's been compiled, all this hard work, they're just going to throw it out the window. Why are you employing people at Fish and Game when you're going to let the legislator just slide this into yeah. a bill, throw all that data out? So they want everyone to call the governor. and It's absolutely terrible.
0: So I don't so, get it.
2: I mean, I understand that maybe numbers are suffering from maybe mule deer elk or something in parts of the state. You can't attribute it all to Mountline.
0: But there's a balance. We have to maintain that yeah. balance.
2: They're, they're literally giving a rabbit more protection than a mountain lion in the state of Utah if the governor signs it because it passed the Senate and the House. So, he uh, just has to sign the bill. So, so, is this like the same bill that's like not
1: wanting cell cams and stuff like that nature? I'm assuming yeah, off of what the, you said. I
2: don't know the whole legislation or what the laws are right now on this. Uh, it Not it, it necessarily cell cams, just trail cams on public and private. Yeah, there's something that changed in that law, and th- they slid this into that same bill.
0: So, if if somebody's listening to this right now and they want to call me and and complain or, or make a call, like who who should they be contacting? Do you they know? want
2: everyone calling directly to the governor's office okay. in Utah and stating how they feel about it. Okay, you know because um, you may not think it will affect you because maybe you don't hunt in Utah, but you got to look at the big picture. If you're going to let a legislator throw this in there, and he's going to throw all their, I mean, you have people that are fish and game biologists for a reason. Mm-hmm. You have them yeah. on the game board for a reason. Hundred percent. You have this, all this data that's been compiled through the radio collar program on all their animals for a reason. Yeah. So if they can do that, then they could do it in any state. Say, so, well, here Utah did it. Yeah, exactly. So, it, it's not a good thing, and I feel bad for them. I don't want to see it happen. But you'd be surprised at some of the feedback you're getting from sportsmen. Say, no, get rid of all them mountain lions. I want to hunt elk and mule deer and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you can't look at it that way. They're not wolves and coyotes. Yeah, you There's know, a balance. About, there's a balance, and you can mm-hmm. regulate it. You know? Yeah,
0: that's our that's our job. That's why we're here.
2: Right. Yep. <laughs> in, in Utah, really, I mean, if you think about it, I could have shot two mountain lions. I had a second tag that mm-hmm. was in, in the general open units. So if, you're, if you draw a tag, you can still do it. Everyone can go hunt mountain lions. So it's a very liberal season that you can just go and do whatever.
1: Yeah. So you drew a tag in a hard-to-get unit, yeah, not hard so get much get mountain yeah. lions are difficult. Right. Okay. That makes sense.
2: Yeah. So, um, And that, and I don't want to say there's a lot of mountain lions in the unit that I was in
3: mm-hmm.
2: that I drew. But, I mean, whatever their reason is how they do it, they, they really regulate it. So I, I had the only non-resident tag, and there was 10 resident tags for so that, that whole big section. So
0: Oh, that's cool. That's really cool.
1: Yeah.
0: You do have good luck.
2: Well, I got lucky, yeah. yeah.
1: It, it <laughs> it's eyes. almost hard to believe you can buy over-the-counter in some parts. Yeah. And then it's yeah. a once-in-a-lifetime draw type yeah. of deal in others. That's kind and of a wild swing.
2: And, it, and it's not necessarily a once-in-a-lifetime draw. It just takes a few points to get it, and being that, you know if I'm older so I may never draw it again. And the other thing is I think I have a 5 year waiting period now before I can put it in for for that. Okay, so you can't even again. get points in the next 5 years. Right. Right. So
0: Well, you got it in. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, and it was good because like I say I got to, I got to witness everything. The whole process and how, you know, like I say hunters dollars at work through conservation. And for people that don't think that hunters are conservationists, are dead wrong. Yeah. You know, if I, I explained this to someone a long time ago, and she didn't understand it, and I said, "Do you actually think?" Because I like hunting deer, that I want to kill all the deer. If I did that, I wouldn't have any. I wouldn't be able to hunt. Yeah, <laughs> counterproductive like to, a little bit. Yeah. So it,
0: it's funny how people miss that point, and yeah. they don't get it. But yeah, you can't you can't please everyone. No. No.
1: So I am but yeah. two floors under Amelia right now, and she is screaming, wailing. Uh oh! <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear. No, nope, it is nope. impressive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <this> is dead.
0: <laughs> oh man! Well, but that yeah. was well, that, that was one heck of an adventure you had.
2: Yeah, so it was. Awesome. It was good.
0: I think it, uh, I think we could wrap yeah. it up after that. I mean, unless you guys, yeah. <laughs> we don't was, want to keep uh, you up all night. And, man, you just you just told one <laughs> heck of a story, so. That was good.
2: That is that was so wild, so awesome. Yeah, it was good. Like yeah. I say it uh it was an adventure. And I mean right to the eleventh hour, you know. So Yeah, exactly. exactly.
1: Yeah. So um, you got out during the
2: day. Well wow. sunset. Yeah, when I shot the cat I would say like it was getting dark around five thirty and I probably shot the cat around three o'clock. Okay. Two or three o'clock in the afternoon I'm guessing. So by the time you know we got it, the rest of the way down the mountain, scanned it and quartered it, all you know, all did all that, um, and got it loaded up. You know that that's a process in itself. So. Right, right. Sounds like the trip down was a lot quicker than the trip up, though. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, be, before we do wrap this up, what's uh, anything new going on with Michigan uh, traditional bow hunters? Anything going on there?
2: Yeah, yeah. We actually have. Um, Next weekend, uh, March 17th and 18th, so it's actually a Friday and Saturday. Yep. Uh, Compton Big Game Classic is in yep. Grand Rapids. Oh, nice. And um, we're the host club for that, so we've got that coming up. Awesome. Perfect. Awesome. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be a big deal. It's going to be good.
1: Yeah. I've seeing the ads for it. That's, uh, me and Chris will have to do a stupid trip to that one
2: one year. Yeah, one of these <laughs> days. I'll tell you what, I mean, I know it's last minute for this one, but uh, kind of plan ahead in two years from now because it's going to be – well, I can say this, I guess. It's going to be in Denver. Oh, that'd, that'd be yeah. a little further. Yeah. i okay, okay with that. Thinking, Denver's pretty, usually pretty in, inexpensive to fly to. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: yeah.
2: You've never flown them. out of Burlington, Vermont there, Jim. Yeah, but to fly <laughs> to, but to fly into Grand Rapids is not... Uh, it, it, I, I, what I'm saying is if you guys were flying from where you live to Grand Rapids, I think it would cost you a heck of a lot more. Oh, you gotcha, go gotcha. Denver. yeah Denver's yeah. We're we're idiots. Costly. We
0: would
1: have drove. Um, <laughs> yeah, but no, not we would have done it in three days. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't
0: I don't mind I don't mind going to Colorado. I'll, I like I like going there. I used to live there, so I'll go back anytime. Yeah,
2: it's not a bad drive. No. I mean, I mean yeah, was, I used to drive straight through to Denver, but right. I mean it's better to try to do it in two days. But yeah, yeah. it was um, rather pleasant actually, given the time of the year.
0: Yeah, we should give that some thought. Maybe we'll have to make that trip out. That'd be fun.
2: Yeah, it's gonna. I mean, um. I want to say it was. Let's see, 2016 is the last time the Big Game Classic was held in Denver, mm-hmm. and uh, Colorado Traditional uh, Bowhunters Association. Or that those guys, man, they put on a show. Yeah. Uh, they yeah, it was phenomenal. It is phenomenal. So it's definitely something that uh, I recommend anyone go to. If I it's put
0: good. if awesome. I put that on the calendar now, I'll definitely get it by the wife. If she has that much time to plan, I should be golden.
1: <laughs> All right. I'm trying to figure out if it was Brian Burkhart that kept making fun of me for have only... and Springs was the furthest west I'd ever been. Yeah. I think it was Brian. So if All it right. was Denver, a-
2: that, that would be more respectable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we should make it a plan. That would be fun.
2: Yeah, you guys should plan it. I think, because what would be really cool is you guys could probably get in a couple shows out there. Seriously. You could record a couple podcasts at least, because you got a lot of guys that are out there, um, you know, Western or Colorado. traditional. Oh, yeah. They could get on and, um, yeah, I think you you like it. It's nice.
0: Yeah, we should we should definitely put that on the calendar. That'd yeah. be fun. That'd be a good trip, and we got plenty of yeah. time to plan for it. Yes, you do. Awesome. Hey, anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this up?
1: No, no. Thanks for having me on. Oh man. my
0: gosh! That's, thanks that's, for coming that's, back that's, on.
1: We're gonna have to do a third episode eventually because I don't think we covered. Yeah, I was we, looking at your bear the whole time, going, hey, we'll have to get to that story,
2: but we'll save yeah, that yeah. for another one." Yeah, that's a. I don't know if you can see it. That's a grizzly bear.
0: Yeah, I saw the the bump in his in his yeah. shoulder that's on his awesome. back.
2: Yeah,
0: where'd you? Real quick, where'd he come from? Where'd you get him? Russia. Russia. Oh, all right. We're getting. <laughs> we're coming back on, and we'll 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 hear that story. <laughs> I want to. I Maybe. bet you that was a trip. Yeah, that was. So. Oh, man. Oh, so anyway. <laughs> freaking awesome. Awesome. Jim, thank you so much.
2: Yeah. Thank you. you guys. I appreciate it.
1: Absolutely.